With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Give us a like on Facebook. Search News Radio WFLA. This is the Ryan Gorman Show on News Radio WFLA. Streaming live 24 7 on iHeartRadio and Alexa. Ryan Gorman here with Dana McKay and James Berlander. And right now, let's bring in our next guest. We're joined by the CEO of the National Law Enforcement Memorial Fund, Bill Alexander. Bill, thanks so much for taking a few minutes to come on the show. We really appreciate it. It's a very important topic to cover. And let's start, before we get into the analysis that your organization did of police officer deaths in 2023, let's start with an overview as to the work you do at the National Law Enforcement Officers Memorial Fund. Brian, it's a pleasure to be here, and I cannot thank you enough for using your platform to help tell the story of the 136 men and women who died in 2023. The least we can do. Heroes. Uh, I am calling from the National Law Enforcement Officers Memorial in Washington Judiciary Square. The memorial fund exists in part to honor the fallen, the men and women who die in the line of duty in in all law enforcement professions. We also have a world-class museum right here, again, in Judiciary Square in Washington, D.C., where we try to tell the story of American law enforcement. And we also have a third pillar we refer to as officer safety and wellness, where we try to impart using some of the data that we're going to talk about today, but also just on our own thinking about talking about crafting, creating programs and best practices and pushing those out in a meaningful way to what we hope is reducing the risk uh, associated with law enforcement for the men and women doing the job and by extension, members of the public who they are sworn to protect. So that is us. And the website where everyone can learn more and support that work is nleomf.org, nleomf.org. So tell us about this report that you have on police officer deaths in 2023. Well, so for 2023, we're reporting that 136 men and women in the law enforcement profession have died in the line of duty. That is down relatively substantially from 2022, where we reported 224 such deaths. So year over year, it's a down about 39%. A substantial chunk of that is related to COVID-19. So in 2022, we had 74 COVID-19 related deaths. And in 2023, we're only reporting five. So that, that really mm-hmm. does account for the bulk of the overall reduction. But the reality is, is that we're also down in all of the other major categories we track, which for the purposes of the audience is um, traffic fatalities, gunfire fatalities, and then mostly medical events. Now, I would pause on the firearms one, and hopefully we can come back to that. But sure. overall, it's a welcome trend. We, we never want to use the phrase, turn a phrase, good news when we're talking about even a single police officer dying in the line of duty. But certainly this is a welcome trend. And this, of course, doesn't take a look at uh, another issue that I know is prevalent in the law enforcement community, uh, mental health issue, uh, suicides, uh, things like that. Uh, that's not include. This is this is line of duty deaths. That's what you're focused on here. You're absolutely correct. But of course, mental health and um, that segment of the law enforcement community, it's something that the law enforcement profession spends a lot of time thinking about and trying to combat. Uh, And most years, law enforcement related suicides outpace actual line of duty deaths. So it's not something that we track currently, uh, but it, it is certainly a consideration in the law enforcement profession. 
Let's talk about the firearm deaths. Those are the ones that that make the headlines. Um, Tell us about what you saw in 2023 in those specific instances and how it compares to the trend line that we had seen leading into last year. Yeah, it's the perfect question, and it is the number that gives me pause. We're reporting 47 men and women in uniform were shot and killed in 2023. Of course, another word for that, murder, I would argue that uh, those men and women, heroes, every single one, were murdered as they were out there trying to protect us and our communities. Uh, it is down from 2022 where we reported 64 such deaths. So, again, a welcome trend. But the reason that number gives me pause in 2023 is because our friends and partners over at the Fraternal Order of Police also recently released their end-of-year report. And they're not so much focused on line-of-duty deaths. They're focused on the number of men and women in uniform who have been shot, actually shot at and struck. They're not even counting the number of times officers were shot at but the perpetrator missed. That number for 2023 was 378. Wow. It's by far the highest number they have ever reported since they began tracking the data. And if you look at their stair-step data over the particularly the last six years, every single year that number has gone up. So, again, I'm happy that only 47 of those died. I, or certainly I wish the number was zero. Um, and I think some factors like increasing advances in medical care, increasing advances in the technology related to bullet-resistant vests uh, by companies like DuPont, and I think the fact that officers are increasingly carrying really advanced first aid kits, so we, in my department that I retired from, we call them tactical emergency care kits. I think all of those are overall influencing the number of people who are able to survive such attacks. But again, when I'm 47 and I say that that's down from previous years, I don't know that that's actually giving an accurate picture of how increasingly dangerous i think the circumstances are out on the street for men and women doing the job we're joined by bill alexander ceo of the national law enforcement memorial fund you can learn more at nleomf.org do we have any sense as to if there are different duties being carried out by members of law enforcement that led to a larger number of those deaths are there certain um tasks, certain things that are part of their job that uh, we see based on the data are are clearly more dangerous than others? Well, in 2023, the number one uh, fatal gunfire circumstance was uh, officers attempting an arrest. That was uh, nine total officers died there. But really, it runs the gamut from what I suspect your audience would otherwise guess, responding to crimes in progress, particularly um, armed robberies, responding to d- d- domestic disturbances that have historically always been very high in terms of the risk to the officer responding, uh, investigating suspicious persons and circumstances, making traffic stops, uh, affecting warrants, all of those and more very typically year after year are where da- uh, officers are exposed to danger. And finally, if people go to your website, nleomf.org, what are some of the ways that they can get involved, support the work that you do? Of course, I, I view us as a worthwhile charitable organization and anyone who might have some spare funds to donate to such a cause. It's, it's the absolute place where we uh, honor and memorialize the men and women who have died in the line of duty. Of course, they could make a donation there, but, you know, perhaps they just want to share information, exchange information, connect with our training resources, uh, open a dialogue, connect us with their local police department, all of that and more we would love to do. Uh, easily, they could just shoot me an email at b alexander at nle 
OMF.org. I'd be happy to correspond with anyone who wants more information or would like to support us. All right, Bill Alexander, CEO of the National Law Enforcement Memorial Fund with us here on the Ryan Gorman Show. Bill, I want to thank you so much for, obviously, the vital work that you're doing. Uh, and we want to thank uh, all the members of law enforcement here in the Tampa Bay area for the heroic work they do uh, day in and day out. We appreciate you coming on the show, and hopefully we'll talk to you again real soon. Ryan, I, I really am so appreciative. As a retired cop myself and now working here, I'm so appreciative that you are willing and able to help tell the story. There are too few people in the media who are willing to do so, and you're one of those few, so I'm incredibly thankful. Thank a- you so much. Anytime. Thank you again, Bill. Really appreciate it. Bay and around the world, this is the news you care about. The Ryan Gorman Show on News Radio WFLA. Ryan Gorman here with Dana McKay and James Berlander. And now let's go to the hotline and bring in ABC News crime and terrorism analyst Brad Garrett. Brad, thanks so much for taking a few minutes to come on the show. This is something we've discussed before, but boy, in the last week and a half or so, this has really seemed to escalate threats, violent threats against public officials. What is going on these days? Well, I think because... This is a guess on my part, of course, but I think because there is so much press around uh, President Trump's court appearances, and that, I think, drives a number of these threats because, you know, granted, there are Republicans that get uh, swatting uh, incidences at their houses and so forth. So I'm not saying this doesn't go across the board, but it seems like when you look at the numbers, they're more driven around when events, when decisions against President Trump are made, like in Colorado, um, like the judge that is overseeing his civil case in New York um, got a threat. And, you know, the SWAT team showed up at his house, so forth and so on. There was nothing to it. But the whole idea of those, and I think most of these, is fear and intimidation, not that the actual uh, physical threat will happen. I'm not saying it won't because it – I mean judges have been killed in the past. But the point being it's more about intimidation. And if you – Ryan, when you look at studies done by experts who study democracies, they say that they – their concern is that it it could affect – the decision-making of people like a judge, uh, fearing that if they make a ruling a certain way, it, their life and or their family's lives could be threatened. And to take that a step further, then the concern is, will it drive people away from uh, public service jobs, um, which could, you know, unfortunately translate into then getting people that you may or may not want in those particular jobs who maybe just answer to one person above them. Um, So we'll have to see how this goes, but it looks like to me 2024, and this is an understatement, is going to be pretty bumpy when it comes to threats um, because just uh, if nothing else of all the stuff around President Trump in the next six to eight months. Right. We recently had those swatting calls, like you mentioned, Marjorie Taylor Greene swatted, it sounded like multiple times, uh, our senator here in Florida, Senator Rick Scott. uh, And then Mm -hmm. you start to get in some of the other threats. There were some really uh, violent threats made towards uh, Congressman uh, Swalwell. Plus you have, like you had mentioned, some of these individuals tied to Trump cases. Uh, Special Counsel Jack Smith uh, faced a threat recently. Judge Tanya Chutkin, one of the judges overseeing one of the cases 
cases. You've got uh, the Secretary of State of Maine uh, who faced a threat. And then, uh, like you mentioned, most recently, Judge Andron, um, uh, who's overseeing former President Trump's civil fraud case. And uh, we've also seen in the past at lower levels, uh, school board members, uh, superintendents, uh, when you have parents that don't like the policies that are in place uh, at their kids school uh, elections officials. I mean, who would want to be an elections official in 2024? I think there's no doubt. That, that that would not be something you would you'd seek out. And in years past, wouldn't have thought anything else about it. Because as you well know, and particularly in, in smaller jurisdictions, those are just volunteer jobs, working election polls, right. et cetera. Um, so uh, it, it is really sort of an ugly direction. It seems like we're going. Uh, I just, it's not a ship that you can turn around easily. People have their own opinions. And because they get a drumbeat every day about how bad the system is and how mm-hmm. corrupt law enforcement and other folks that protect us are, I mean, it makes it even more difficult because in people, Ryan, who actually really want to go harm somebody, they use all that as justification. Um, and, you know, you stop that. You know, you stop it because you know about it in advance yeah. if you're law enforcement. But if you don't, you're stuck. You just have to react to it. Well, and it seems like leadership uh, in this country on both sides of the aisle, there's no interest in in lowering the temperature at all right now. And I think it's creating a very dangerous situation. We're joined by ABC News crime and terrorism analyst Brad Garrett. These swatting calls that we have heard Mm. so much about, how difficult is it for the FBI and law enforcement to track down the perpetrators of those kinds of threats or any of these threats that we're discussing? Well, it's it's doable. The ones that are more, uh, you know, sort of IT illiterate, for lack of better terms, um, can camouflage where the call came from. But it looks like in most cases, even folks that that have done multiple swatting threats, uh, they end up figuring out who did it. Um, and you know, and they, there's a couple things about swatting. It costs a tremendous amount of money. When you cut out all these specialized teams and right. you have them staged for, for hours at a time, you know, bomb techs, SWAT folks, it goes on and on. And then the other factor of because you're getting called to a location where you think there's somebody dead or dying and maybe somebody else threatened, somebody's being held. I mean, you go there with a lot of adrenaline pumping. Could somebody mistakenly get shot? And the answer is yes. So all of those factors play into the swatting calls that that you know many times they're made by young adults or even teenagers who probably don't even think through that or maybe they don't care i don't know but it's it's a, another big concern yeah and luckily in some of these cases the individuals who were targeted like rick scott they weren't home but that's a, a danger that they are there and law enforcement they don't know what they're walking into based on that call there was that incident with special counsel jack smith where uh, i guess he was being protected by deputy marshals and so they were able to coordinate with law enforcement and explain that there there is no threat this is uh, a hoax but uh, you worry about that one time where things don't quite go right and you could have a really uh, tragic incident on your hands if you don't have any more information other than the threat itself yeah and it's got a short fuse on it i mean you have to react to it uh, and and so what happens is then you go backwards and realize 
quickly, typically, it's not true. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's and it, it also it's a it, it feels like a dangerous kind of slope where yeah, we're sliding down here a little bit. Completely agree, Brad Garrett, ABC News crime and terrorism analyst, with us this morning. Brad, really appreciate the time and insight. Thanks so much. You're welcome. Take care, Ryan. The Ryan Gorman Show, five to nine every weekday morning on News Radio WFLA. Lucky Land Casino asking people, "What's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?" Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.